guys, it's Simi, and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited on a Friday take two if you're watching live because uh, we had a fiasco the first time. Hopefully, this one runs a lot smoother and it doesn't crash on us again. So, let's kick it off. Let's go because, again, 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 this is the wrestling rap. I don't even know what to think right now. You know, my head's all swirling. We've been having all these issues with tech and my streaming software not wanting to work right now. I don't know why. So, I closed like a bunch of stuff on my computer. Hopefully that helps it out. But again, this is the wrestling wrap up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy to watch video. So our today's show does go. We're going to talk about the title tournament for the new world championship. We're talking about money in the bank. Drew McIntyre's current status. The AEW roster split. Some unfortunate news on Sarah Lee's passing months ago, really. And so much more because again this is the wrestling wrap-up every monday and friday morning bringing you all the latest news in professional wrestling that you may have missed we do this live and you can watch later depending on whatever your i guess you could say situation is remember if you are watching live you could do so a couple of different ways you can watch live on twitch twitch.tv forward slash pw unlimited or you can watch live or later on youtube youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited also, remember, you can listen to the podcast on multiple different podcast platforms like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. If you're watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming the free games are getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right down here, PWUNLIMITED, at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout, and you'll be supporting us at no extra cost. Now, let me do one quick thing just to double-check we're running smoothly. I just want to double check everything before we get going. And yeah, it looks like we're running okay for now. So let's hammer on. Give me one last. I'm going to do one last thing really fast. And then we'll get in all the news. Oh, did I just do it? Ah, crap. I did do something that I... Oh, fuck me. No way did I just close up by accident. Hold on, guys. I may have just messed something up royally. Give me one second. Yep, I did. Hopefully, I can fix that. Yo. Okay. Issue for another time. Issue for another time. As far as their first news story does go, we do know about how WWE is going to go about crowning their new world champion. WWE introduced a new world heavyweight championship a couple of weeks ago now on Monday Night Raw, and Triple H this morning during the Backlash 
press conference actually revealed how the title is going to, or the champion is going to be crowned. Triple H said, starting this Monday on Raw, we're going to kick off the tournament. And the tournament's also going to extend to SmackDown next Friday. On both shows, there are going to be triple threat matches. Two triple threat matches. You got to have a triple threat, and you have a triple threat. The winners of said triple threats will then come together, two of them. I don't know why I did it like that. And we will crown contenders. Actually, it's easier if I just show it to you this way. Um, let me do this. So I actually made a graphic already kind of showing what this is going to look like. So let's throw that up on the screen here. So as you see on the left side, two triple threats. And then the winners of those will face off. On the right side, two triple threats. Winner of those will face off. Then, at Night of Champions, there will be a representative from Raw and a representative from SmackDown. And the winner will become the brand new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And what I wanted to do was look at the new rosters as far as Raw and SmackDown does go post-draft. That does go into effect tomorrow and see... Who's the six that can be from Raw? And who's the six that can be from SmackDown? Now, when looking at all of this, as far as the six male superstars that can represent Monday Night Raw in this tournament, I would say Cody Rhodes, The Miz, Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins. I would say Drew McIntyre, but we don't know if Drew's going to be back in time for Monday, so maybe Drew McIntyre. I don't really know. Damian Priest. I need one more from Raw. I need one more from Raw. It's not a tag team guy. And, I mean, you could throw Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. Duh. Matt Riddle. There's your six. We're not counting Drew, because we don't know if Drew's actually going to be in this or not. Uh, Amber... Uh, AMB says Finn Balor. Yeah, you can do Finn Balor instead of Damian Priest, but I just feel like they're on a Damian Priest kick right now. You can do Finn instead of, of Damian or Miz. Put him in separate triple threats. As far as SmackDown does go, and who can represent SmackDown in this tournament? Uh, Solo Sokoa. Maybe Edge. I don't know. Maybe. Bobby Lashley. Rey Mysterio. L.A. Knight, Karrion Cross. Those are my six from SmackDown. I could be right. I could be wrong. I don't know because I don't even know. But AMB says AJ Styles. Yeah, that's another one. AJ Styles instead of um, Cross or Knight. Ooh, what if the finals of this tournament is AJ versus Seth? What if the finals of this tournament is AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins? Oh, that would be great. That would be, oh, man. I'd like that a lot. I'd like that a lot. If the finals of this tournament is AJ Styles and Seth Rollins, one uh, Rollins from Raw, AJ from SmackDown, there we go, bada bing, bada boom. Woo! Yeah, I like that. I like that. So the winner will then be crowned at Night of Champions and be a, the Raw World Champion. 
Now, could they do maybe AJ win it and then the OC moves back to Raw? Maybe, but I don't see that. I, I think Seth ends up winning this belt. I mean, if it's not Seth Rollins, though, who? Who? If it's not Seth Rollins, who? Because I just I don't see anybody else that that makes any sense. It's like I'm looking at everything I wrote down from both of the new rosters. Really, the only one that makes sense is Seth Rollins. Drew McIntyre, maybe, but we don't even know if Drew is um, cleared up or not to go. So it's going to be very interesting to see exactly what goes down with this title tournament starting on Monday on Monday Night Raw. Us Saturday says, what about Cody versus AJ Styles? No, I, I think Seth Rollins wins the belt. That's why Rollins has to represent Raw and in, in my fantasy booking, in my opinion. But we talked a lot just now about Drew McIntyre, what's going on with him. Well, looks like Drew McIntyre may not be working the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, which is very interesting. As Drew McIntyre, who was on the advertising previously, is no longer being advertised for Money in the Bank. We're going to pull up a couple of different things on the screen really fast. Just to give a little context to this story. So, this was the original advertising for Money in the Bank. You had Seth, KO, Charlotte, Bianca, Cody, Becky, Drew. Old Drewski right here. And he was advertised on WWE.com.com for this show, but he's not anymore. Go to WWE.com. A, this was the graphic. Now it's no longer the graphic. It's this generic one. And when you scroll down, scroll too far. No, Drew. But look who's there now. Look who's there now. Cody was in that first slot. But now, Cody's been shifted over and they've added the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. Don't know what's going on, but Drew McIntyre is no longer being advertised for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, and Roman Reigns, who was not previously advertised before this week, is now being advertised for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, which is super, super interesting. And this could be a number of different things. Maybe Drew's injury, because Money in the Bank is not till July 1st. There are still one, two, three, four, five... Six, seven, eight weeks till money in the bank, right? Yet there's possibility Drew is still not cleared. We don't know what Drew is dealing with. Apparently, Drew is dealing with something that he was dealing with before WrestleMania. And he was just like, I'm gonna work Mania and then we'll deal with the injury. So it's like, ooh, ooh, I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy to think that Drew can be out for that long without, a, without them telling us anything. And Dave Meltzer did write something about Drew McIntyre and his contract in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Let me pull that up right here. As Dave Meltzer did write the following. It's also very clear the company badly needs a main event heel. And now 
is the wrong time to turn Rhodes or Rollins, meaning it makes all the sense in the world to turn McIntyre. But more, they need to elevate Reed, Priest, Balor, or Mysterio to the top heel level. Because McIntyre, right now, is working with the idea that there's a good chance he's finishing up. And he could do a big program for the title as a challenger and finally leave. So, yeah. Meltzer says that, quote, uh, I just lost it. Right now, McIntyre right now is working with the idea that there's a good chance he's finishing up. Finishing up with WWE. I don't know how confirmed this is. It is coming from Drew, or Dave Meltzer. But, like, oh, man. What if Drew is going to leave at the end of the year when his contract does expire? What if Drew McIntyre doesn't re-sign with WWE. There's a number of things that can happen. He can go to AEW. He can go back to Impact. He can go to, you know, New Japan that almost got him before he came back to WWE. Or he can retire. It's like there's a number of different things that can happen with Drew McIntyre that's going to be very, very interesting to see once that does come to fruition. And I see some people asking about Charlotte Flair in the chat. We're going to talk about Charlotte Flair right now as well. Charlotte Flair... Talked about her status with WWE. I see uh, Magnum says, isn't Charlotte going to be busy with the bodybuilding thing? According to Charlotte, she's only going to be out for a couple of weeks. 14-time women's champion Charlotte Flair did not elaborate on what exactly she is dealing with. But while speaking to the boardroom about different injuries and stuff, uh, Charlotte, stated the, Charlotte stated the following quote. For me... I went from having never any off days to getting injured last year after WrestleMania and being off for seven months. And then now off again for a couple of weeks for something that I needed to take care of. So it's a blessing and a curse. Like no one wants to get injured, but having the, that first time off for that extended amount of time, I think I was definitely healthy for my mind, for my mind. It was healthy for my mindset. So, Charlotte apparently says that she's going to be back soon, hopefully. She says she's only off for a couple of weeks to deal with something that she needs to get taken care of. What that something is, we don't know. What that something is, we have no earthly idea what it is. And I know in the past, she's taken super, super small amounts of time off. Like one time, one of her uh, breast implants ruptured. She had to get that taken care of. So she took a short leave of absence to take that, take care of that. I don't know if it's something similar and related to that as well. But yeah, according to Charlotte, this is only something that's going to keep her out for a couple of weeks, even though she's already been out for one, two, three, four, five weeks now. So what's a couple to Charlotte? Five, nine, ten. Maybe she comes back next Friday on SmackDown and was just, they were waiting for after the draft. Maybe they were like, you know what? Take a month and a half, take a month or so, and we'll bring you back after the draft. We'll have to wait and see. But according to Charlotte Flair, she's only going to be gone for a, quote, couple of weeks. Thinking of after the draft, after the draft goes into a play, goes into play after Backlash. Tomorrow is Backlash. And we actually have some news on some original Backlash plans for one Bad Bunny. Oh, San Benito. According to a new report from Fightful, they do write the following. Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest is set for Backlash, but wasn't the original plan. 
Fightful reported around WrestleMania that Bad Bunny was set to return and work towards a tag match with Rey Mysterio, taking on the Judgment Day duo of Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. Things were moved in that direction and plans were headed that way, but the match was changed to a singles match, as we now know. Uh, Fightful has learned that the original plan would have seen Bad Bunny pinning Dominic in Puerto Rico and leaving the fans happy. However, Dominic and Rey Mysterio were pulled from the match, and both Bad Bunny and WWE were said to have felt comfortable with Bunny's ability to have a good singles match instead. So that's why we are getting the San Juan street fight. But even though they're calling it a singles match, and that they are confident in Damian and Bad Bunny to go out there and do that match themselves, I still think there's going to be a lot of interference in this match from the LWO and Judgment Day. So it's not just them going out there on their own. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff they do without interference. And it's still kudos on them to trust Bad Bunny to be in there as long as he is and not have to do a, a tag match where he can tag out and whatnot. So yeah, I think there's still going to be a lot of interference in this match, but I think it's going to be a good match nonetheless. And if I'm booking this show, I'd main event with it because it, it's coming off as a big time match. It really is coming off as a big deal match. But now, speaking of Dominic Mysterio, we're going to shift some stories around here. So I was going to talk no, another backlash thing, but let's talk Dominic Mysterio really fast. Speaking of Dominic Mysterio, as we saw last week on Monday Night Raw, this hombre is getting a lot of heat and in a good way from crowds. And Damian Priest actually spoke about this on the After the Bell podcast with Corey Graves and Kevin Patrick. Priest stated, quote, Dominic was in his dad's shadow when they were together. And then when he first joined the Judgment Day. or Oh, okay. And then when he first joined the Judgment Day was like kind of, he was in our shadow. Not anymore. He's, in, he's his own star on his own where he doesn't need anybody's help. He brings a whole different level of, well, level of heat for sure. But his style, his demeanor. It gives us the opportunity to feed off something that's different and create something special. He's helped us just as much as we've helped him. He's very important to the Judgment Day now. I don't know what the Judgment Day is like without him now, without Dom. I say we're not as strong. I don't think we're as popular. So yeah, according to Damian Priest, adding Dominic to Judgment Day was the thing that they needed, was... The one thing to put Judgment Day over the edge and that heat and that reaction from the crowd that Dominic gets is what's now making Judgment Day bigger than they thought it could ever be. That's really, really awesome for Damian Priest to say. And it's like, man, this all kind of just happened organically, randomly. It just had a nowhere. Fans started booing Dominic when he would talk. And now every week it just gets louder. And louder and louder. And Dominic feeds into it and feeds into it and feeds into it. And he feeds into it very well. So kudos to Dominic Mysterio from getting some great praise in that regard. But shifting back backlash a little bit. Apparently there was a little issue getting the backlash for some in the WWE. As WWE referee Jessica Carr posted the following on her Instagram. Pull that up here on the screen. Give me one quick second. For some reason, it logged me out of Instagram. Here we go. 
Uh, she says some maintenance issues with the plane headed to Puerto Rico, but crossing fingers that were handled quick, that they're handled quick. And this was posted yesterday. Everybody's made it there by now, but it's interesting to think that, uh, to see that they did have some issues yesterday getting to Puerto Rico, but I wanted to bring this to your guys' attention because in case you saw this post from Jessica Carr and was like, hey, what's going on with this? Uh, are we having some issues? There was, but I just want to let you know, everything's been cleared up since she posted this. So that's why, again, quick hit. That's why I wanted to bring this one to your guys' attention. Because yes, some were saying problems yesterday. Everything's cleared up. They made it to San Juan. No issues anymore. But as we move forward, we have some good news pertaining to Sonia Deville, as it was reported earlier this week that her stalker was finally put in a prison. He got 15 years in jail and 15 years on probation. And Sonia Deville, real name Daria, Daria, I just butchered that. Uh, why did my Daria Baronado post the following on her Instagram? Thank you to everyone who has reached out today. After almost three years, we finally got some closure last week. I am happy and healthy and have amazing people by my side. To say it's over feels odd, but I am beyond grateful for the support and help I received over the last three years from HCSO, Tampa PD, to everybody in the courts, attorneys, friends, security, and so many more. I have a lot to say pertaining to this situation, which I feel can help a lot of people in similar situations now that the legalities are over. But for now, thank you. But it is good to see that she's finally gotten closure on this and that she doesn't have to worry as much. I mean, when something, and I've never had an issue like this happen to me, but from people that I know that have had stalkers, maybe not almost been kidnapped, but had like stalkers, it's scary and you never get over it. And you're always going to have that in the back of your mind that something can happen again, no matter, you know, when, what, how, where you are. So good on her for getting closure. Now, a question I've gotten asked a lot this week is what's going to happen with WWE as far as the writer's strike in Hollywood does go? And it looks like nothing. It looks like that. It's not going to affect the WWE whatsoever, as Nick Khan did address this on this week's recent, uh, on this week's quarterly quarterly earnings call, stating the following: Our writers are not members of the guild, so there's no effect on us whatsoever. Of course, we are supportive of the writers who are members of the guild and their efforts, and we are hopeful a deal can be reached between them and the other side in short order. So there we go. Nothing to worry about from WWE's side as far as their writers and their writers going on strike. So that is good to hear. Now, one WWE superstar that has had a lot of success in Hollywood is Dave Bautista. Dave Bautista's latest movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, came out in theaters this week. Oh, is it great. This movie is so good. I loved Guardians of the Galaxy so much that not only did I take the kids to see it in theaters yesterday, but when I got home, I loaded it up on my TV and watched it again last night. I've already seen it twice. This movie is awesome. And when you think of Guardians of the Galaxy, you think of the music, right? Oh, 
if you thought the other two Guardians movies had great music and a great soundtrack and a great use of music, per se, this movie felt like it was written around the music and in a good way. But this movie overall is great. The only, and this is my quick non-spoilery review, the only thing I didn't like in this movie was the villain, the high evolutionary. He seems like an afterthought, and it seems like, oh, we need a bad guy? So uh, let's throw this guy in there with no consequences, because there really are no consequences with the bad guy. No, there's consequences with the A-plot of the story. But you're, I'm just going to say your villain should be also part of the A-plot, when really the villain is like A and a half, if not even the B-plot of the story. So that's the only thing I didn't like of the story is that the villain, there was no consequences with the villain and they almost could have done this whole movie without the, like, without him being the villain. They needed the high evolutionary in this movie for a reason to tell a specific story, but they didn't need him as the main villain. He would be a villain, but he didn't need to be the main villain. Because even another guy you thought that was going to be a big villain is actually like the B villain. And if, the main villain is the B villain, and he's the C villain. Anyways, go see Guardians of the Galaxy. I've already seen it twice. It's amazing. But Dave Bautista actually talked about hanging up the Drax costume or the Drax makeup, stating the following on Twitter. Actually, let's just pull this up on the screen. I can pull this up. Play the audio as well from Mr. Dave Bautista. I think there's audio here. I don't know, but we're going to read it. We're going to check it out. We'll play this video and see what Bautista says. All right, I'm not going to play any more of that because it is music that can get us copywritten. But if you've seen the movie, this video would make a lot of sense to you. If you haven't seen the movie, then this video wouldn't make a lot of sense to you. It's not a spoiler or anything. But Jesus did state, every day I say a little prayer for Drax, the role that changed my life. Forever grateful to the fans and my Guardians family. What a magical journey it's been. Thank you for letting me be your Drax. And oh my God, is Batista amazing in this movie? Is Batista amazing in Guardians 3? And we got a lot of character development from Drax the Destroyer in Guardians 3 as well. But again, not going to do any spoilers here. Just going to say that it's a great movie. We get a lot of great things from a lot of great characters and actors. And go see this movie. Go support this movie in theaters. Because this is one of those movies that needs to be seen in theaters as far as the visuals look great, but again, the music and the way they use the music and the way the music is played in this movie, hearing it in a theater, especially I wouldn't saw it in an M uh, MPX screen, uh, um, theater, which has got 360 audio, so whole buddy. Yeah, it's basically like an IMAX, but not IMAX, because it's not a Regal theater that I went to. But yeah, go see Guardians 3. It's amazing. Dave Bautista kills it as Drax, as always. And if you thought he was good before his Drax, he's even better in this movie as Drax with all the, especially in the second half of the movie, all the character development of Drax the Destroyer. Also, also, it's always great when you go to watch a movie that you're hyped for and then one of your favorite actors ever just pops up 
and is in like a quarter of the movie. So that's also cool too. Not going to spoil that one, even though it's probably already known that this actor is in the movie. But just going to say. Now as we move forward, we have some, our final WWE story is a somber note. As some new news has come out on the passing of former Tough Enough winner, Sarah Lee. There's more sad news to report in regards to the tragic passing of former WWE Tough Enough winner, Sarah Lee. TMZ, citing Bexar County Medical Examiner's Office documents, is reporting that the official stated that Lee took a lethal combination of alcohol and pills, and there were, quote, letters of intent left behind before her death. The report also says that Lee had, quote, bruises and abrasions on her head and body at the time of her passing and is believed to have, they have, they are believed to have come from the injuries in a fall or falls while in an intoxicated state. Lee's final Instagram post was her for celebrating being healthy enough to train in a gym after weeks of a sinus infection that kicked her butt. Last month, People.com quoted a, quote, insider telling them that the alcohol may have been involved in her death, but it was sudden and, quote, wasn't intentional and it was an accident. People.com report from last month was quoted and sourced saying that there were, weren't any signs that Lee was, quote, never that person you would think that would do this. So what the medical examiner's office and what the person that spoke with People.com is saying kind of contradicts themselves a little bit. Was it suicide? Was it not? That's something we may or may not never know. But again, we want to send out condolences to her family, her friends, her fans, and everybody that is being impacted by her passing. As we move forward, we've got some AEW news. Let's first talk about ticket sales for All In. Whoops, I just wrote my time code wrong. Let's talk ticket sales for All In as AEW has sold over 50,000. Yes, 50,000 tickets for this event. Tony Khan tweeted the following. Thanks to the amazing support from our fans, AEW All In London Wembley just hit 50,000 tickets sold for five uh, for a $8.5 million gate. Remarkably, all 50,000 tickets sold have been in the pre-sale. The general ticket on sale begins tomorrow, which is today, with great seats open, opening up. Now, I haven't seen anything. Let's go check WrestleTix to see if they've posted anything today on the ticket numbers. Let's just see really fast. Um, WrestleTix, if they've posted anything regarding the Wembley show... Okay, so three hours ago, WrestleTix started a thread posting, stating, quote, The all-in ticket map is up, and many of you have asked about an update regarding today's general public on sale. I'm still working through it, through it but here's what I've, I have right now. Available tickets, 6,123. What, what I read it out, and then let me pull this on, because it's going to, be better if you guys see the images that they posted as well. Let's pull this up on the screen. They said, um, what I read it out is what I believe hasn't opened yet. Tony's last update was 50K sold. With today's sales, I believe that number will be well above 60. 
If you have seats within any of the red lines, let me know more to come. So there's just showing some of the stuff here. And that was three hours ago. Then they posted an update stating, quote, they've just opened up the rest of the stadium. The uppers that were previously closed are partially open as seen in the second screenshot. The 200s behind the hard cam are also partially opened. This definitely helps clear up some questions. I had more to come. As you see, more spots opened as far as ticket sales do go. I think that is the last update WrestleTix gave. Let's just check their Twitter really fast. Yeah, that's the last update WrestleTix did give as far as tickets do go. So they're thinking that if it sells out, it's going it, to... According to WrestleTix, they're under the impression that maybe this building is going to be set up for 60000 which is, I mean, what 50,000 is amazing for AEW. 40,000 was amazing. 30,000, pretty dang good. So if they do 60,000, that's tremendous. Tremendous. Keep it on the AEW train. Let's talk about the brand split that has been proposed for many weeks now. As the date of the yet to be announced AEW collision looms near. More details are being discussed as relates to CM Punk's return to the company and the discussion of a roster splits between AEW Dynamite and the new Saturday show. Dave Meltzer reported in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter that the updated plan is for less of a hard roster split between the two sides and Punk to appear possibly on both shows. However, quote, those unresolved issues with Punk would be on collision the week he's on Dynamite. Uh, Meltzer wrote, he also wrote, quote, the idea is to get people to resolve issues, but that hasn't happened yet, nor has there been any progress notable. When it comes to a female talent, quote, the thought is the split will not be hard at all with the women as they don't believe there is enough star power to have that split. Meltzer also noted that there's no details on any of this being final, just what is being discussed. So really what it looks like is, Punk's going to be on both shows, but more on Collision. And then when there's weeks where they want him on Dynamite, well, the Elite will work Collision. And then as far as the women do go, they'll just be on every show, every week, whatever. So we'll see how it all does pan out. The rumor is that this show is going to be announced on the 17th of May, because that is when um, Warner Media and Warner Brothers Discovery does have their upfronts when they announce a bunch of new things going forward for their television properties. Whether that is TNT, whether that is TBS, True TV, the CW, and so forth. Which, they're trying to sell off the CW. So we'll see how that goes with them. But, regardless, the date is the 17th of May for Collision to get announced. Now, people have asked, well, when Collision comes, what's that going to mean for Rampage? We know the Dark and Dark Elevation have been canceled. And Dave Meltzer did talk about that as well. With the buzz... Around AW Collision, many have asked what's going to happen with Rampage, and Dave Meltzer provided an interesting detail update on the first future direction of AEW Rampage, stating, It will turn into what Dark and Dark Elevation were, more to showcase younger talent. So if what Meltzer is, so if I'm getting correctly what Meltzer is stating, Rampage 
is just going to be insequential matches with no stories. Just random ass matches that don't matter at all. Because that's what Dark and Dark Elevation were. Whenever they find somebody on the, excuse me, find somebody on the indies and go, we want to give them a look. They bring them in for Dark and Dark Elevation. 99% of the time, things that happen on Dark and Dark Elevation never had consequence. And I say 99% of the time because there have been a few that there were consequence. But most of the time, no consequence. So is that what Rampage is going to be? No consequence matches? Just, hey, randomly this week, uh, I don't even know, Serpentico is going to wrestle QT Marshall on Rampage. Like, who's going to tune in for that? I feel like if they start running Rampage, more like Dark and Dark Elevation, it's going to bomb in the ratings, even worse than it already is. So, we'll see. We'll see if what Meltzer is saying is actually actually, actually accurate. And the final news story we do have for you guys today is to do with one New Japan wrestler working without a contract. According to Fightful, they write the following. Uh, Tamatonga is working without a New Japan contract. A name that WWE had interested in is technically a free agent. Fightful has learned the former Bullet Club member Tamatonga has long been working without a New Japan deal. We reported back in January that WWE had interest in Tamatonga to the point that there were some creative ideas pitched for him. However, since then, we've learned that he'd been a victim of the unofficial hiring freeze and WWE had not maintained contact with him. Now that hiring freeze thing, I don't know about that because honestly, I've seen Wade Keller, I've seen... Mike Johnson, I've seen, uh, I think, John Pollock, I've seen Dave Meltzer, all get asked about this hiring freeze, and I'll go, haven't heard anything about it, haven't heard anything out about it, not that we know of. And John Ross Fightful is the only one that's saying hiring freeze and doubling down on this hiring freeze, but he kind of backtracked a little here saying unofficial now. Now he's saying unofficial hiring freeze. Anyways, he continues saying Tamatonga has continued to work with New Japan Pro Wrestling without a contract for several months. However... He dropped the Never Open Weight title at the New Japan Wrestling Dontaku show to new Bullet Club member David Finley, and they did a stretcher job after that. So there we go. It looks like Taimatonga is on his way out of New Japan Pro Wrestling, but where he goes is the big question. Does he go to Impact? Does he go to AEW like Jay White? Does he go to WWE? Who really knows? But things could come to light here rather quickly as, you know, next week, if WWE is bringing in, let's say, for instance, if WWE is bringing in Tamatonga, next week could be a good week to do it because they're restarting the brands, refreshing the brands after Backlash and after the draft. So we'll see where this all does lead to. And if maybe Tamatonga just re-signs a new deal with New Japan. With that, guys, that is going to wrap up everything we have here for the wrestling wrap-up. As far as tonight does go, though, tonight is Friday Night SmackDown. From San Juan, Puerto Rico, four things at the time of this recording have been announced. So let's run down everything we do know for tonight's Friday Night Smackdown. First off, we do know that Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, will be on the show to talk about his upcoming match with Brock Lesnar. We also do know that San Benito Bad Bunny will be on the show tonight. He's got a big old street fight tomorrow night with Damian Priest. Those two, they already went at it this morning. We also do know, as far as action is concerned, Karrion Cross will be going one-on-one with Shinsuke Nakamura. And finally, in tag team action, 
It's the Viking Raiders against the OC, the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows. So with that, these four things are the only four things. Oh, you guys didn't see any of that. I didn't flip the screen. We've got Viking Raiders and the Good Brothers. We got Knock in the cross. We got San Benito Bad Bunny and the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. With that, guys, that is everything that has been announced for tonight's Friday night SmackDown. We'll be back live after SmackDown talking about the entire show. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your Friday. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good one, guys.